welcome to the Christian Call Center where Jesus is on the main line and we're online too. All right, What's up, and y'all? we are back with episode. <laughs> We're back with another episode. We brought some new friends with us. Welcome to the call center. Yeah, welcome in. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So glad to be a part. Hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. So, yeah, one of our very first episodes, we talk about Christian entertainment, and we promised we would be back with a part two. Today is that day. We got our topic today is all about music. So we've got our own. We got some qualified guests to, to discuss. We've got our very own full gospel musical directors. Thank you, Tay and Sarah, for being here. And then we've also got our youth pastor, Jonathan Francois. So again, thank y'all for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. No problem. Yes, excited to be here tonight. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me as well. All right, y'all. Let's get started with some questions. All right. So history of music from a biblical perspective. Can, can y'all give us some, some history? I'll go. Um, to answer that question, I do believe, you know, everything that we do from a biblical perspective, I'm always reminded of the scripture, Isaiah 43 and 7, where it talks about, you know, we while we were created to give God's glory, but the biblical, the biblical perspective of music in a sense that we have to realize for us the music alone even for what satan if you want to go with when satan or, or lucifer was created he was created with the, the the stones and the pipes that come out of him which meaning that the first sound in, of the music of the usher in the presence of god because god loves music he created it but gave you know lucifer charge over it so ultimately god is the creator of music but he allowed lucifer to be in charge of it because of how he created him with those pipes. So the the, the biblical part of a uh, uh, proportion of music, which is the really just brings God glory from everything what we hear from the from the how the angel sings its songs and the music from the biblical perspective that is also everything was just to force music to bring God glory. Since even before the beginning of time, from the creation of Lucifer, from the sound that he had, the first sound that they heard was bringing in the presence of God. So the biblical aspect, I believe, from my personal uh, point of view, is that it's basically simply what brings God's glory in a sense. Because even from the first time they even sung a song, which is in Exodus chapter 15, when the first song that was when when God brought them out, they all brought God glory because of what he actually does. So I just believe that from my point of view and the, the biblical perspective of music and, and the history of it is just basically to bring God's glory even before the beginning of time, before the earth was even created, is what Lucifer did when he was 
that 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 angel that he was created with the pipes out of him. It was that sound that he did, which was to bring God glory since the beginning of time. All right. Okay. Sarah, say y'all want to chime in? Yes. And, and adding to that, Brother Jonathan, I believe in Genesis chapter four was one of the first um, mentions of musical instruments. Eight generations down from Adam was Jubal. And the Bible says that he was the father of all who played string instruments and pipes. And kind of adding on to what you were saying about um, the children of Israel, Yes, you know, music was a part of their was part of their culture, their livelihood. It was it was like a response to what they were going through. And in the Bible, in Deuteronomy chapter thirty-one, it has the song of Moses. And literally, you know, God gives Moses this song and tells him to to teach to write down the words of this song, teach it to their generations as a witness of God for the children. Um, for the children of in, for, of Israel. You know, it's easy to remember songs and songs became a mode of worship that God created and that was able to be passed down from generation to generation. And now we, here we are today still singing these songs. I mean, we have a we have a whole book of songs that David wrote, you know. All right. Okay. So, what makes gospel music gospel music and how would you describe it? Don't all chime in at once. Well, I mean, I'll go ahead. I don't want to be the one I'll answer all the questions, so I don't mind. But I believe what makes gospel music, it goes back to kind of like piggyback what Tay just mentioned, is that uh, when the children of Israel, even when they did it in the Old Testament, it just, it brings attention only to God and and gospel which we know the word gospel means the good news meaning that gospel music is is I can say I could give my own personal experience is a form of worship you know I know they're they, they got many praise the many many different types of songs but gospel music when it should be only pointed to the attention of God and and like you said, even with the question is what makes gospel music gospel music when it's only solely focusing only on God. And, and you know, like he said, with the children of Israel, even all the way back to Genesis and just even with us today for us, even culture, not uh, culturally like music plays a major role in like you said, how he can get us by through things and certain things, because you can any song you can sing. It can bring a feeling or emotion. You don't, I mean, for a sense of crying or whatever that they have. But a sense of, I do believe that, you know, what makes gospel music gospel music is what it actually, we're giving to God. Because the Bible says he desires to inhabit the praises of his people. And, you know, what we do as the people of God from the Old Testament to the New Testament, even to now where we're at, giving the attention only to God and only, you know, for God is what this gospel music should be, in my opinion, from, you know, for what I see and look at it. 
Right. And kind of piggybacking back off of that, as I mentioned earlier, you know, in the Bible with the children of Israel, some of the first instances of music was as a response. And it's the same with um, our concept of American gospel music, which was really a response to slavery. And gospel music was created out of the Great Migration. So as, you know, blacks were moving, free blacks were moving from the South to the North, they took those, they took those songs, those spirituals with them, um, you know, and it, it just, it was a way for them, I guess, to express themselves, all the hardships that they were going to. The music is very relatable, you know, everyday life, but it also points back to how the Lord was carrying them through the, throughout this journey. And so they brought this music with them. And then, you know, when they're in the city, this music got mixed with other music styles like um, jazz and blues, the textures there. And that's kind of created what we know as gospel music today. And so it's that, it's that distinct sound and the songs that came from that era coming out of slavery, you know, and giving glory to God, as Brother Jonathan was saying, for the Lord being able to bring them through that um, and also having assurance that he would continue to lead and guide them forward. And that particularly has created gospel music as we know it today. Um, I wanted to take it back. I know we, we got this, we just discussed a whole bunch about what gospel music is, but I kind of want to take it back just a second to y'all description of Lucifer, because I don't know about everybody else, but this is the first I'm hearing of an actual description of what he looked like. So if y'all could go more in depth as to like, so how exactly did that work? So Lucifer, you're saying Lucifer was like, he had built in like, pipes for music like it like like was he an organ like I'm, I'm trying to understand exactly what that means well if you go to the, i mean i don't know the time that we have but i do believe and um, i'm i'm looking at it now but i believe if you want to get the description of lucifer i believe that is in i'm looking at it right now i'm, I'm, I'm going to now it's in the book of isaiah chapter let me make sure it's 28. It talks about talks about, you know, the fall of Lucifer and why. And it just kind of gives him what he was created with the different stones and the pipes. Let me make sure. But yeah, the Bible, and I do believe, and know I'm normally asking a lot of people, you know, who made music. And you know, everybody say, Well, Lucifer did. Lucifer did. No, no, no. Technically, he was just given charge over it because God created him. And he was just given charge of it because. You know, even though, you know, and I always say this saying that you can be, uh, you know, God is the only one that can fire you and still allow you to work. Meaning that even though he was kicked out of heaven, it still didn't take away from what he was was given charge over. And let me make sure. So let me see. Isaiah 20. I think this is 28. It's been a, it's been a minute. And while you're looking for that, I'll just go on and add. um to that, I like that point that you made about how God created music. So yes, God created music. Lucifer was the instrument. And just as Lucifer was the instrument, now that he's fallen, we are the instrument. So we are, you know, the ones who present our bodies as a living sacrifice and not exactly through, not only through music do we offer praise to God, but also through our lifestyle, we offer praise and worship to him. 
Okay, that's good. That's good. Oh, so how do you think gospel music has changed over the years? <laughs> that reaction. I'm going to let somebody else go first before I respond <laughs> to that. Let me gather my thoughts on that one. Anybody want to respond before, before me? Yeah, you got anything, Sarah, before we hop on it? <laughs> um, I don't know. Okay, I mean, if we could go back to, like, I don't know. I think biblical times, I would say gospel music was simple. You had your hymns, just simple stuff, your words. But now, of course, you have your instruments, all that. I don't know. I feel like it's just changing the way in the ways that um other music cultures have influenced it. Like they have referenced earlier, like you have your country, your blues, your jazz, like all those different genres that have played like a factor into how music or gospel music has changed. Yes, and I think what you're, and I think how where like Sarah's leading with this is like the purpose, you know, of gospel music being worship. The the purpose never changed. Um, the motor never changed on the vehicle, but the body got an upgrade. You know, the style has changed over the years. And as she's saying, you know, where hymns used to be, you know, and it was straightforward, and that was the way of the land. Now then you progress from that to, I mean, the whole apostolic movement and holiness, which really brought a whole new spin to gospel music because it added this whole um, spontaneous factor there where, you know, unrehearsed and where the Lord just put songs on people's heart and, you know, they just played them and sang them and enjoyed the presence of God. And, and now, you know, we're, well, and then there was the whole era where, you know, music was orchestral and you had your pipe organs. Now you hardly see pipe organs in churches. You know, we use electric music. You, you have um, your bass guitar. You know, it's it would be similar to what some would see it as, as a rock band. So I think gospel music, um, you know, like the purpose, the the theme, the lyrics, they've become more relatable over time, more adept to everyday life. I mean, the language, you know, changes over time. But mostly, the biggest change with gospel music, I think, has been the style. Yeah. And I, and, and I think, and also just for me, I believe it changed so much because, now don't get me wrong, I do believe that, you know, most people that, you know, back then when they sung the song, they sing the songs of Zion, really the attention and focus was really on, on God. And now in this time, I do believe people are singing, you know, these gospel songs and, you know, with this, just my personal opinion, I don't want anybody to feel. And, and like I said, I, I, I'm not saying this is a, uh, a heaven to hell issue at, that I put a person in, but I do believe in my honest opinion that when when you think or you hear about a gospel songs and you singing something unto the Lord, it was more of a heart posture. Now it's a talent posture because people are singing and doing things of talent and moving off that instead of really singing unto the Lord with their heart with everything to give it all because it goes back to you can sing any type of song and get chills from it. If it's a gospel song, 
R&B song or whatever song, you can get a move. That, but that doesn't mean that that could be a move of God. And I just believe that this the, the, the gospel song, like he said, the forest, the vehicle is still the same. But it's just like you have a 1972 Chevy Corvette, and then you look at the 2022 Chevy Corvette, for the speed, the motor, and all the, the inside of what makes that car be a car is still there. But the only thing changed is really the outside. And the gospel music of today, I truly believe that it's... um. It is different because it's more of talent now than really of heart, talent posture versus heart posture. Because uh, I'm, I'm reminded in, in, in Amos chapter six, you read that whole chapter. Amos chapter six talks about because you can be I mean, uh, you can be the greatest singer. You can have the best voice. You can have all this and that. But that still won't even move God because most people, you know, I think they're just really singing stuff of talent. And 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 some of the songs are great and everything, but you know I just believe that you know where we're at now as a society because we have as a culture has really uh, allowed it culture to change the posture of it. So and he talks about in, in in Amos six that when they got so relaxed and they got so uh, comfortable where they are, they started. And God was like, even with your musics and the certain things, he says, I'm not even pleased with that. He was telling the church, I'm going to even allow these other nations around you to afflict you because of the lifestyle you live. He says, so when y'all singing these songs and doing all this stuff to me, he's like, that's not pleasing to me. Because I always tell this, never mistake the anointing of God for the approval of God. The gift and calling comes without repentance. And I just think that as where we're at now versus where it once were, it's just not the same anymore because it's more of a talent posture versus a heart posture. Yeah, so that that is spot on, Brother Johnson. And kind of and tying this back to that car analogy, the bodies have changed, but as we all know, them new bodies don't hold up like the old school classic cars. You know, a little rain or something get on them and and they're done with. And it's been, and it's kind of the same in the gospel music realm. Like he's saying, we don't we don't live the life that we sing about anymore. There's a song called "Clear the Stage" by Jimmy Needham, and it, it's not a gospel song; it's a contemporary Christian song. But in the verse, you know, it says, "You can sing all you want to, you can sing all you want to, and still get it wrong. Worship is more than a song." And I'm afraid, I I fear that the gospel music movement is is shy is starting to transition slowly transition away from the true purpose of giving God glory and now has become about talent and and making a profit and increasing a fan base. Yeah, I, I definitely definitely agree with that. And like he says, you know, it's 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 just the culture and the time and you know that we're in and we got to remember and i just believe as the united states alone you know we're we're spoiled so the people back in the you know in the east middle eastern culture and you know the children of israel during that time they and even right now you know other countries over there they really rely on those songs on those praises and on those worship of god in America, you know, because we have a lot of things handed to us, and don't get me wrong, we are our 
posture based towards God is like, okay, you know, I can do this, I can do that, but and but I'm okay with where I'm at. And at the same time, it's all throughout the scriptures, you know, God will still allow you to work, even though he's not pleased with what you're actually doing. And he, but that's the mercies of God. You know, everybody can always do something, but it has changed so much. Even you can actually go back just, just the last 15, 20 years, it has really changed because it's not really to me, it's not worship anymore. It's just really singing the songs based off the talent. Because I grew up in old school Pentecostal churches. I mean, these people couldn't sing a lick. But when we get when they got together and we sung, there was a powerful move of God. Not just like, oh, I'm feeling I'm getting chills bumps from a song, but I'm talking about the the, the just starting off songs saying, I thank you, Jesus. And it, and it could be songs, old songs that people just make up and you will have a whole move of God of just of just simple songs. People couldn't even know, didn't know how to play the instruments, didn't know how to play the drums. They tried. And I just remember, like, when you really, it was the heart posture versus the talent posture that the era that it is now. So I do believe that, you know, the difference is that we at now. Yes. And I think we've even seen this, we've even seen this um, shift to, not to get too ahead of the script, but as we've transitioned like from from choirs to worship teams now you know and it and it's kind of you know where it used to be where everybody you know offered a collective praise now you have you have most of the time where people just sit and watch the select few as we see them lead worship it's like here we are in america you know that's very popular but as you were saying these other countries some of these other countries are having like full blast revivals and here they are don't have the lights that we have don't have all the instruments that we have you know don't have drums and bass guitar and all this stuff really can't sing worth a lick but the power of god's still there you know <laughs> so it's like you need to make sure that we don't just make it about the what the distinct thing about gospel music is that it's really not about the music it's not that you know right. that's just the that's just the medium that's used to offer praise but it's really not about the music or the people the person that's actually performing it it's all for the lord i really do love this discussion but i just want to jump in real quick because i got like six questions that came to my head so just to piggyback off of some of the things that you guys were saying and i want to direct this specifically to tay and sarah because you guys are the musical directors of our church so for the entire difference between like the whole talent posture and heart posture and putting together these praise teams and how do you identify that kind of um, difference in people that are just singing for talent or singing because it's really in them or just, you know, like how do you manage just creating a team based on that and how do you work with these people to kind of like invoke the spirit of God every time they come in and sing on Tuesdays or Saturdays and doesn't necessarily have to apply to our worship team, but just in general. Yes. The first, the first thing that I, I look for, I guess, indirectly and just being observant, I guess I've always just been an observant person, but I pay attention to how people interact um, during the worship service you know, while they're in the congregation. If if you if you're sitting in the congregation, you know, and, and you're not giving God praise, then 
but you're offering him praise on the platform, you know, that, that doesn't line up. You should have that same praise, whether you're sitting on the back row than if all the lights are on you in, in the front. Um, And that's really a, a, a personal, I guess, relationship that people have to have with God to be able to develop that. Um, And then I try to exemplify I try to lead people, you know, through exemplifying what I want them to do. Um, And so I can't expect my team to understand, you know, that this thing is more than just practicing the parts. If, you know, if I'm not living the life myself and Mm -hmm. also if I'm not praising God, because we see the same thing with with musicians, too. And it can be really bad with them. You know, you have whole conversations during church or they walk out during the sermon and all this stuff. And it's like, have you missed the whole have you missed the whole point of this of this ordeal? And so I think we need to the biggest thing with worship teams is just making sure the people on the team, you know, have the same praise, have the same um, the spirit of worship, this life of worship. Monday through Saturday that they have on Tuesday night and Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. What about you, Sarah? Um, I totally agree. I just think it's about just living what you're like singing and telling God, like just living that lifestyle that you're supposed to be singing about. Mm -hmm. And if you see that that person or like just to have discernment, like that they're not you know that that person isn't or whoever isn't exactly like living a holy life or doing what they're called to do. You just kind of just have a spirit of discernment over that. Gotcha. Okay. So if I'm understanding correctly and I'm hearing this from both of y'all, it's not really about if somebody can sing or not as much as it is who that person is and how willing they are to give that praise unto God. Yes. And then at the same time, though, it is about if the person can sing. But (laughs) because, well, you know, there was the whole whole tribe of Levi in the Bible, you know, they were set apart specifically to make sure, you know, to do the work of the Lord, especially with conducting the worship services. And it was a big deal. You know, they just didn't offer God anything. And I know we can't really, well, it's not as easy to accomplish that today because it's hard. Very few churches have, you know, paid, full paid music staff where all the singers and stuff, you know, that's like all they do. That's their job. Most of the people that you'll interact with are part time. And so, you know, you have mothers who have kids, they have a husband at home. So they need to, you know, they only have one hour to practice. You have people who work jobs that can't make all the practices. And so you have to, we, I think we still instill and promote, you know, that spirit of excellence and practicing the parts, but also remembering, you know, um, just as long as you give it your best, your all. And for each person, that's different. Everybody knows what they're able to do. They know how much time they can spend practicing. And I believe that if you do give your all, then the Lord will take care of the rest. And I would much rather have someone on the worship team who is, you know, a humble person, has a great attitude, a spirit of excellence um they might not be the greatest singer but you know they've got everything else they've got everything else lined up i'd rather have them on the worship team than someone who's a really great singer but doesn't exemplify any of the fruits of the spirit 
that's that's good i agree with that 100 percent um uh and then i also want to move a little bit back to some of the things that you talked about you guys referenced like worship in other countries and um you know how like the american gospel music has changed over time and all that so i wanted to talk a little bit about the cultural aspect because um for for example me and john we grew up apostolic but we also have a very very strong caribbean influence so our worship sounds a little bit different to worship at full gospel one being we didn't really have all the instruments the instrument we had was a tambourine at one point we had drums but we stopped doing that so really it was just us singing and we really uh sang from the hymns but we also had that cultural aspect so a lot of our beats were a little bit you know more of a caribbean influence so i want to talk a little bit about that does that take away from what we're singing does it help does it not is it a distraction like how would you kind of like think about those types of cultural influences in gospel music well i believe like you said it goes back to the heart posture and um Without instruments, you know, I, I think our, our greatest instrument is our voice. And I believe the first instrument is our voice. And now granted, you know, those sounds and everything that, you know, because of the instruments, you know, it, it plays a, a part, but I'm, I'm, I do believe it doesn't, for me, I can give my personal experience. I don't think that the culture of anything should, should differentiate or be different if, it, if your heart is singing unto the Lord, whether you can or not, not sing. I do believe God knows the heart of a person if they really sing in their heart out to them, I mean, to him versus. So I don't really, for me personally, I don't think that that really uh, should affect anything because if you sing it unto the Lord, like the Bible says, everything we do, we do it unto the Lord, no matter if it's just drums, no matter if it's just a tambourine, no matter if you have an organ or not, or it's just a cappella, you by yourself or a whole, a whole choir, or the snap of a finger or the, or the or the tap of a step, God will move when the heart posture is right on one individual or 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 a or a man's choir. And I think what gets the attention of God is the heart heart posture, because like I just I mentioned earlier, even in in Amos. They was doing everything. They got really relaxed, going through the same motion, singing their songs, doing this. And God says, I'm not pleased with that. And because you've been so relaxed and you're doing this thing, your lifestyle, what you're singing to me, your lifestyle is not needing that. He says, I'm going to allow these other nations, I'm going to allow them to afflict you. I'm going to allow them to do these things to you because why? What you're giving me is not really sincere with the right heart. And and I believe that, you know, when we get so relaxed and, and everything, our heart won't be in it. So I do believe that. I don't think that has a, I guess, make a difference in between. It's just if your heart is in it and you singing unto the Lord, whether you can or cannot sing, I think God will, God is well pleased when you're doing something unto him wholeheartedly, I believe. Yes, and I think church music departments should be um, aware of culture and actually use it to our benefit. You know, a church should look like its community. And so if my community has individuals from different cultures in it, if I want them to go 
to, you know, experience this truth and attend our church, then I think we should actually cater to to their cultural style of gospel music. We have to remember, I think sometimes in America, we get so stuck in this like Eurocentric ideology and we forget that God is not American. The ancient songs of Hebrews, I mean, in Jewish culture today, sound nothing like black gospel music. So we have to get out of this um, ideology, you know, that, you know, this is the only way, this is the only thing that's right. No, that's, that's not right because God loves diversity. If he didn't love diversity, we would all look the same. I mean, you know, like a, a carbon copy of each other, but we're not, we're all different. We're from different parts of the world and that's a good thing. And so the charge to, I think the Christian church is to make sure that we're embracing this culture and this diversity where the person who's five years old, the kid that's five years old, in the service, you know, has a song that, you know, they just love hearing in the, and in this same service, the, the visitor that's 30 years old, that's from India, you know, or, or whatever, they have a song that touches them. And at the same time, the 90, 100 year old church mothers and deacons have a song that touches their heart. You know, we can't leave out one group because God opened up this gospel. When he died on the cross, he did that for us, the Gentiles, which opened up the gospel to everybody. And so we should exemplify, we should exemplify that same trait. And we've got to stop being so close-minded. Cultural differences are actually a blessing. I think they're a good thing and we should embrace them. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Go ahead, I think the cultural differences are actually like what helps bring us together as the Christian Christian community, like just bringing back like all the different exposing ourselves to other people cultures helps us relate to each other more and just have a better understanding of each other in our different backgrounds. Yeah, so what I'm hearing from our musical directors is we can have an international Sunday because I've been wanting that for like the longest. <laughs> Let's go. I'm with it. <laughs> yes. Let's let's bring it out. Let's do it. Like I'll call my mom, have her teach us some Haitian Creole songs, and we can just take it there. No, for real. <laughs> yeah, we really could. <laughs> I got some Spanish friends. All right, now. I, said, I actually just learned like a couple weeks ago. Wait, say it again. I'm sorry, it. I thought I missed it. I said I actually just learned some African songs a couple weeks ago, so we can really do it. Okay, okay. I'm ready. Let's go. All right, y'all. So, staying on the cultural aspect of it, let's go gospel versus contemporary Christian. Y'all want to speak on that a little bit? Uh, that's, you know, that's an interesting conversational piece. Um, I think they're, well, for a while, I think, okay, so if we think like traditional gospel music, you know, is like on the completely separate side than, than CCM. But, yeah, at, uh, what were you saying, Sarah? Go ahead. No, I said, yeah, they're totally different. Yeah, yeah, they are. But I think as time has gone on, we've kind of moved closer together. And there are people who have like done a great job, 
I think, of like taking aspects of gospel and contemporary Christian, because real, I mean, really, it's it's a style difference. Because if you think about it, I, you know, you hear sometimes the older saints, you know, these new songs, they just sing them same words over and over again. It's like, have you not heard? Can't nobody do me like Jesus, Lord. I just want it. You know, it's, so it's like we've always been singing the same little words over and over again. It's just a different beat. But I think here recently, so like people like Ty Tribbett, you know, has really kind of meshed that together. And also a perfect example, like today, and she's like won some Grammys here recently, would be CeCe Winans. I really see, I think she's really become like one of the leaders of this whole movement of, you know, like making gospel music, connecting gospel music to, to CCM. Okay, anybody else got something to add? Um, no, I just agree with Tay. I was just thinking that, um, like, a lot of the different genres, like, recently people have been, like, working together and combining, you know, the different styles of music. And I think that helps reach other groups and people and bring us all together. Oh yeah, and like Maverick City, I said Maverick City music is like a perfect. I mean, you look at their music videos, and and it's like, okay, this is this is what an ideal church would look like. You know, looking at their different nationalities from different parts of the country, it's it's so Maverick, in Maverick City. I don't know what they're doing, but a lot of my friends that didn't listen to gospel music at all, Maverick City is like their go-to. They love Maverick City, so. I think stuff like that is very important when we combine everything. Yes, and Maverick City never got from, they haven't got from the purpose. I went to one of their concerts that they had here um, in Shreveport. Some folks from our church went to it. And like in the middle of the concert, like they just had this little worship session. And then like some of the singers started prophesying. I mean, they were they were speaking in tongues and everything. It's like, okay, so this you can kind of see why their ministry is able to reach so many people because away from, you know, all the lights and the music videos, apparently these people, you know, have a relationship with God. And so we need to exemplify that same thing in, in our church. <laughs> Not saying that we don't, you know, we need to continue to do it and other churches, you know, need yeah. to start doing that. All right. Um, Actually, I have two things. Speaking of Maverick City, what about Kurt Franklin versus Maverick City? Because you know, Kurt Franklin is a, is is a major influence as well. Right, stomp, Kirk. You got anything on Kirk, brother Jonathan? Well, I mean, like I said, we I we I grew up, you know, during that time, and everything. You know, when you get the man, we have the jumpy keys, like you said, jumpy keys. So. Uh, you know, the Fred Hammonds and just kind of like how they, and I kind of agree with what Sarah, they are brought, they have really came a long way and I see they doing it for the betterment. Now I do believe this though. And just, a, and Kurt is one of the, I would say is one of the reason why, you know, a lot of young people can really say, Hey, I remember that because with this music and everything from the way music is going now, I've always tell people it's kind of like even with Christian rap. I, we grew up listening to Kurt Franklin, man, and uh, now 
I haven't heard anything recently from him. Um, I, I don't really know uh, if he have anything like new. Maybe I've heard it. Don't even know that's him. It's a lot of music I, I listen to, and I, I couldn't tell you a bit about the artist at all. I just really like the music. But I, I do see that even with, with him from his music back then, that re- I tell people I would rather a young person listen to uh, contemporary music or gospel music versus the music they have in the world now. And I, and it is something that I've really learned to see whatever gets the attention of the young people, like even with, uh, the, you know, the gospel rap and everything that's in that. Me personally, I don't believe that's a heaven or hell issue and to each people its own. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really big on it, but I will rather and be, I'm definitely okay with a young person, you know, listening to uh, gospel rap than the rap that we have here today. It just, it just really, it's really bad. So just to add Kirk and everything that I, I don't have a problem with any of that. Now, if they started, you know, start doing and saying something different, well then, you know, I'll, I'll voice my opinion on it, but I don't really have a problem with either one of them, but it kind of goes back to, what we were talking about earlier with, with Brother Tay mentioned with lifestyle. Now, I would tell a person, you know, if a person is not living a certain lifestyle, it doesn't mean you don't have to listen to it. I'm pretty sure not all the gospel songs we have, because nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect that we shouldn't listen to. But I think, you know, Kirk and them, we look, I grew up with Stomp. I grew up on all that. I mean, I could sing every word to it still this day, and it's been almost 20 years. So I think, you know, where we're at now, Versus, you know, just in, in this, how they, like you said, they merge those things together to, to make it benefit. God is still getting the glory out of it all. And I like, I'm, 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 I'm a fan of, you know, anything like Jesus rebuked John when the people was, John was like, he said, they not with us. They preaching and teaching in your name, but they're not with us. But Jesus said, he said, if they not, you know, speaking against me, they ain't, they ain't against me. They're for me. So that's kind of how I take the approach on certain things. You know, if people ain't, if you're not preaching against Jesus, I don't care what type of religion you are or, you know, what what you, you know, you may fully believe. You may have not came to knowledge of the full truth, but man, look, you with me. So I, I, I support if a person is preaching Jesus, singing Jesus, rapping Jesus. Look, I'm I'm all cool with, with, with that. I don't have a problem with it. So, you know, all those things, they are fine with me because this damn music is, Man, I, we, our, our, our youth and our generation, we need something that's going to reach the next people and whatever it takes. And I just believe that these gospel artists, these rap artists, God is going to use and is using people to reach the reach this next generation. Now, I do believe there's a thin line. If you can't separate the, the you know, you know, the music from the world to the music of what gospel certain things is, I do, I do believe that there is a line. That it has to be drawn that said, okay, look, this is a little bit more of this, and this is a little bit more of that. But, you know, I don't have any issues with that. It's just as long as we know. And, you know, music is the only thing that can go in your mind without your consent. Meaning that, you know, how you think we learn anything from ABCs, from just thinking about certain things. And, you know, you really, you know, people have done studies in Walmart and all this. And when you go in there, People be buying stuff they don't even. You ever went in Walmart and just bought stuff you ain't even going there for? You'll be surprised. The music 
that's really way in the background, your subconscious picking up, you find yourself going in there picking up a lot of stuff. They really done study on when you walk in these stores and to get people to buy something and look at some, it's really about the music and music is heavily influenced in, you know, what you listening to. And it's the only thing that go in our mind without our consent. That's how we learn. That's repetition. That's how you remember certain things. So I think, you know, all those people, I don't have a problem with them all. And I grew up with it. And, you know, if a stump came on, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to rap that whole song with everybody. <laughs> I actually, that statement that you just made was really powerful. And I'm really going to think about that because that is so true. Like music really is the only thing that enters our mind without consent. And music is so influential in so many ways. Like you said, learn the ABCs. Like I remember having to like make up songs to memorize things that I was learning in school. So like right. music really is it can be like a really helpful tool and like how you were saying like with these artists and how you know the the things that they're writing and the things that they're expressing and exposing to you know the youth because you know part of the reason why we created with this podcast was because we have this gap you know in our generation of people who are like leaving the church and not being in the, in the church anymore because of whatever reason that they decided mm -hmm. to but, you know, you have these artists like Maverick City, like Kirk Franklin, who are trying to attract these people back to church through music. So like you said, sometimes you may hear something on the radio and you're like, oh, that's a nice song. And then you realize it's a gospel song. And then, you know, you find yourself singing it. And I just, you know, I find every excuse to bring up Jonathan McReynolds. But he is like one of the most like for me, I think he's one of the most influential writers for our generation specifically because mm -hmm. of if you spend time yes, listening to the words of his song like he is a talented writer very yep. relatable yes because a lot of the things that he talks about that he writes about like i know we reference his songs in a couple of episodes because it's so simplistic that you don't even realize it like it's catchy and you're singing it but by the time you sit there and study those words like if you don't get down on your knees and pray you wasn't listening to the song right because right. it, it, it really just makes you sit there and think in, in such a, a beautiful way. And I'm like, the talent that he has in his writing, I think if I'm recommending any artist for any youth to listen to, I would pick Jonathan McReynolds over Maverick City and Kurt Franklin. That's just my opinion. But And look, just, just to piggyback off there one more thing, but yeah, when we got to be, we, we definitely got to be mindful because I know people, you know, as if you look at the scientific approach of it, you know, for his right brain, left brain, you know, the uh, left brain, you know, I mean, gathers information, right brain, right brain spits out what it's going to keep and what it's going to keep and restore. But mostly music, people really don't know. Like I told you, when they did the study on from Walmart's targets and all these stores, they store the, the power of music that your subconscious is like your is like your um, what is like your hard drive. It's going to store information rather you don't even want it to. And then you'll find yourself, and like the Bible says, you find yourself, you know, remembering or doing stuff like, man, where that come from? You'll be surprised. You probably heard it somewhere through some type of music because music, it teaches you and it moves. And we got to be careful in this generation from the songs, even to the rap song, the gospel raps, these regular songs, that we got to be mindful because we can have a song that sounds so great. And, uh, and I'm not speaking anything specific, but we definitely got to be mindful of some of these things because some of these people say they you know they're christian raps or they're christian in uh certain things we just got to make sure we pay attention and we see what's really going on because at the end of the day what really attracts the people 
And I love you brought up Jonathan McReynolds because Key, he is so talented. To, but now it's the beat. And everybody said, well, I'm going to listen to this to listen to the beat. No, I think it's more than just the beat. So, and I do believe that it, when, when, when you can't differentiate from uh, the, the world sound to, you know, this is God's sound because everything is different. God says, I'm going to be set apart. Everything should be different. And if something that sounds the same, and I know, and something that, even, you know, that you, I'll say this, and I'm going to be bold enough to say this. They have a song, and that was by, I just heard this maybe like a month ago, and I had to go look up, like, where did I hear this from? And I heard this on a TikTok. So there's a rap song by, That's I can't remember this. TikTok. I'm sorry. No, I'm not on TikTok, <laughs> but you know how when you on Facebook, on Instagram. I got and stuff you. Like that. Yeah, I don't have TikTok, but there has a song that Kanye West Choir um, did. Now, granted, I understand the intentions behind it. I, and But it was something, I'm, I'm talking about, it, um, I can't remember the young man's, this is this other young rapper, but they took the, they didn't put the beat, they didn't do anything, but they took the flow of it or the, the harmony of it and try to put it on gospel or sing gospel words today. You know what? I think I know one. I, I don't know if it's the same song, but I think I've heard the song you're talking about. Because yeah, but, but the only made a whole honor, album doing that. Oh, well, see, well, me personally, God is not pleased with that because you can't take something that was made in the world and bring it to him. Like, okay, God, here you go. Look at this. And it was like that right there was not even made for me and even from my people. And I just say, that's why I use that as an example. And look, listen, and I don't know if I don't never listen to this album, but whatever the song was, it really, it vexed me because I felt like, man, I heard this harmony of this song. I, it, I, I took about a week to really find it. And I found it. I was just like, wow, he really took this young man rap song and stuff. He's talking about, oh man, it was, it was bad. I mean, and it was just, and I like, he put this on it. So we gotta be mindful in this culture it's not about just lyrics and hearing the words and hearing these things, but the music, the beat, and all this stuff plays a major role when it comes to music. Because I don't know if anybody understands G. Craig Lewis, and, you know, he kind of, like, exposed the rap music, the rap game, even some of the stuff that's dealing with gospel and certain things. We really need to really understand the the, the power and the and the, and the uh, how, how serious music is in this culture in this day and time. Yes, and this and that's spot on. I'm thinking, you know, back and the ancient Greeks, you know, music was very popular to them. And they had this thing called the doctrine of ethos. And they believed that music had the power to like affect someone's character, their virtue, you know, their emotions, their skill. I mean, their whole livelihood. And so they so they thought that music they were some of the um forefathers, I guess you could call them of music therapy because they realized that music had the power, you know, to completely change someone's attitude. And you might say, well, I don't believe in that because, you know, the Greeks were out there. Well, let's also look at the Bible in 1 Samuel 16, you know, when there was Samuel and King Samuel and and David. And he had that evil spirit. And the Bible says, you know, whenever that spirit came on to Samuel, David would pick up his harp and play. And then Samuel would become well in the spirit of distress would depart from him. Keep in mind that it said that David picked up his harp and played. It didn't say that David sang. 
And so like Brother Jonathan saying, the beat does matter. And now realizing that, so if David's song had the power to run away spirits, then it must also have the power to attract spirits. And so we yep. have to beware what we're allowing, you know, through the beats and through music to come into our life. Yeah, look, the Bible says it's not what goes in you, but what's come out of the man is really the problem. But in order for something to come at you, you have to put it in you first. So we got to be definitely mindful. And, and I'll share this and I'll, and I, you know, we was, I was casting out a demon one time of somebody and, and it was multiple demons, but they had this one demon and I'm over here seeking the face of God. Like, God, what in the world? Like, why are we, what's really going on? And I'm telling you, it clear as day. And, and Ken kind of confirmed it because he was with, with there with me. He was like, man, you need to play some music because that demon was played in them. Man, when we when Ken told me to go turn on the, the, the thing at the church, it was at the church. When I turned on the, the music at the church, oh my God, that demon started cutting. He was like, no, no, he just started screaming and acting up. But that demon came out of that person because whatever that person listened to, that demon was played in them. So music plays a major role. And we might feel like, oh, this is okay. I think this is fine. But we got to be mindful of this music because you can play something in you just as well. Like you just said, tell you how they played that spirit out of Saul. That spirit can be played in a person. And I, and I, and I witnessed it firsthand. Mm -hmm. So this leads me to a different question. And I kind of feel like I already know the answer for some of y'all, but for everybody else, I want to hear y'all opinion too. As Christians, should we be listening to music other than gospel, like rap, R&B, country, whatever it is, pop, whatever it is, do y'all feel like we should be listening to anything other than gospel? Anybody go ahead? Well, me personally, I'm, I'll just go back to, I'll just go back to scripture, Isaiah 43 and 7. It said, yeah, I've called thee, called thee by my name. I've created you for my glory. So what we do how we act, how how we behave, where we go, what we watch, what we listen to, how we dress, how we carry ourselves, how's our attitude. He's just he said, if it doesn't glorify God, this is Jonathan's opinion. Now, if it doesn't glorify God, and I'm not saying all music is bad. Like I listen to jazz when I'm reading or studying, I may put an instrumental of jazz or something on, but like with far as the rap and all this other stuff, if it if it doesn't really glorify God, this is for me. I won't, I won't, I won't listen to it because at the end of the day, you know, like, like I said, if you go look at G. Craig Lewis, a lot of this music that these people make, if you play it in reverse, all this stuff got hidden messages and hidden stuff in it. So the Bible lets us know that if we were created to give God glory before you even find your purpose and like what you're called to do, if you're not giving God glory in life in general, you're even out of the purpose of what he's actually created you to do before you even found yourself to be a teacher or a preacher or a, a worship leader or whatever that you're actually called to ministry. If our life doesn't glorify him, meaning, meaning that once we're born again, not saying you're in the world, but I'm talking about when we come to him, our lives, we were created to give him glory. So for me personally, I do believe any music you're listening to, but that's now I understand here now, but this stuff go a little deep. If you're married, and y'all, you know, when, you know, we all come together and everything, this and that, I totally get that to set the mood. But I'm speaking in the sense of, you know, as a Christian pro, as a single person, there's certain music I just 
don't do not listen to because I understand the power of music. So I don't think that we should just be listening to just anything. There are some things like I do believe jazz is fine, and I wouldn't say listen to no blues because you're gonna be that you're gonna have the you gonna have a sad spirit on you. But I do believe that's just my, my my personal opinion. But I don't think we should be listening. If it doesn't glorify God, I really don't listen to it. If it doesn't bring God glory, you know. But I do listen to instrumental jazz every now and then when I'm reading and studying it. I, I like it, but that's just me personally. But Jonathan, me personally, I can speak for myself. I can't speak for everybody else. I wouldn't. It's not a good idea for me to listen to anything that outside of that gives God glory because I I won't be in alignment with Isaiah 43 and seven. Right. And I, and I think we, and as someone, I guess, I, you know, studying jazz and classical music in undergrad, um, all musical, all music forms are not, I wouldn't say are detrimental to our spirit, but no matter what the song is, I think we should, you know, just take a spiritual analysis, you know, in first Corinthians six, nine through 11, you know, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God and has all these things. Be not deceived, fornicators, adulterers, effeminate, abusers of themselves with mankind, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners. All these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But he tells them, you've been washed, you've been sanctified. And then he goes on to say, all things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. You know, we know that grace abounds now. The Lord will forgive us if we sin, but everything that we do is not beneficial to us. So therefore, what he said, he goes on and says, whether therefore you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So how do we know what we should listen to or not? Well, he told the church in Ephesians to speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart. And he also said, let the word of Christ dwell richly in you with all wisdom and teaching and admonishing one another, once again, with psalms and hymns and spiritual and spiritual psalms. And so we see these clear, um, these clear factors here that he lists that are not going to inherit the kingdom of God, fornicators, adulterers, all this th stuff. So we need to make sure that we're not listening to music that's going to allow that spirit to come on us, you know, where we feel tempted to fornicate or, or covet our brother or, or become a drunker or a reviler or steal from someone. I mean, it, you know, it's, re it's really not rocket science um, in that aspect. We just need to make sure that we're not listening to something that's going to invite evil spirits into our lives. But now dealing with things like classical and jazz, a bunch of a bunch of gospel artists and even great jazz um, musicians studied classical music for the aspect of technique. I mean, it's wonderful music to you know to get to make sure your scales are in line. And once that technique is is in line, you know, then you can be more creative. And so it serves a it serves a different purpose. But at the same time, though, it's also it's easy for some people to get so drawn into classical music and jazz and those forms that they get so um, so worried about performance and making sure all the notes are right. They make it so much about themselves where they're not where they're not able to impact someone else or use those skills and transfer those skills, like the skills I learned through learning jazz music or classical 
to plan in the church, but I can't make it about myself in that in that sense. And it's so easy for people to do that. So I think we know the things, we know the factors and the traits that people have, well, that we could have that will not allow us to go to heaven. So we do not need to listen to music that's going to make us perform those traits that we know is not going to allow us to make it in a kingdom. Anybody else want to speak on it? Yeah, I mean, just kind of piggybacking off of what I've heard from both of them, I, I kind of always say, like, you really have to know yourself and you have to know your relationship with God. And I think that connects to your heart posture. Like, you have to know what's going to have an effect on you. You have to know exactly what you're doing in order to please God. Because there's some people, and I use the example of, like, someone who's an alcoholic. Somebody can can drink alcohol and then not have an effect on them. And somebody could could. Well, no, that's a bad example. But I, what I'm trying to say is like alcohol has more of an influence on somebody who has that sort of illness in them versus somebody else. Now, we'll still have an effect on you regardless of whether you drink or not. But what I'm saying is they're not going to be able to walk into a bar and stay away from alcohol versus somebody who that might not be something that they're particularly dealing with. So if you're presented with something that is going, if you know is going to affect you, you have to stay away from that because it's going to be harder for you to kind of overcome that than something else. So it's the same thing with music. If music has had a, a, a negative effect on your life, you have to be very careful with what you feed into your spirit. And that could be any type of music. So even if it's, if something as simple as like, you know, like jazz, blues, R&B, like whatever, like how um, Pastor Francois was saying, um, you know, blues can put a sad spirit on you. If that is, is something that's happened to you, that's something that you might want to stay away from. It might not have an effect on me like that, but it might have an effect on somebody else like that. So just that's what I would say when it comes to like music in general. You really have to know what is going to personally have an effect on you and stay away from those things that's going to put you in a bad mindset. Man, that is so good, and, and I'm glad you said that because remember, the yes. uh, Paul said if 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 you know eating meat is not you know it's really not a problem, but he said but if eating meat offends your brother, don't do that. You know, just to make sure because you don't want to be that stumbling block. That is so good, sis. So, and I do believe that you know, like she said, whatever you know works for you. You know, you don't want to be a, offensive to another person, but and like I said, we just with this day and time, the way music is. We really have to be careful because rather people believe it or not, you can't, it's possible to have something play not just on you, but in you. Because I've, I've, I've experienced it and it blew my mind when it happened. And just to see that. So, yeah, I do. That, that's really good. It's made, brought back to Paul. And, and my classical or my jazz, some person or, or blues, somebody might be offended by that. And if I know that, I don't, I'm not going to be that stumbling block for them to still play that rather because I, and also remember this convictions everybody always say this well that's not your conviction i mean we say that your conviction is not my convictions now granted it now people i've heard people use that in a sense to just justify keep on doing what they want to do but in the eyes of god that's not going to work so i kind of but i do understand people convictions may take longer than the next it's just not up to me to try to rush their convictions as if as if I'm already convicted. So we got to be mindful of that as well. So that's good, Sister Janelle. That's by you saying that. I think that's amazing. 
And I and I know we as sometimes I try to when we're convicted about something or convicted about, we want the other person to get it just as quick as us right now. And but like no, some some people you got to give grace and mercy too, as God gives us grace and mercy. Because some things I may be convicted of now, and you may not be, or vice versa. Some things you're convicted of now, I may not be. Now I'm not gonna use me personally. I would never use that, but that's just not my convictions. No, when I hear people say that, I just think that no, you just really justifying what you're doing. But in the eyes of God, that you know, it doesn't matter what I think about it. But in the eyes of God, that's really not okay because you say, "Well, that's just not my convictions." No, that means you're literally not trying to be. You're, you're like, "Okay, I'm gonna do it anyway." It doesn't matter, you know, rather I'm convicted or not. So that's just me. But that's good, Sister Janelle, that you know we got to be mindful of what you know we do and how it affects us. That's good. Yeah, so, you? you know, we all have to work out our own salvation with much fear and trembling. <laughs> facts <laughs> so i have another question um staying on this topic uh jonathan mentioned kanye west uh covering the songs that were like were secular what about your favorite gospel singers who cover and sample a lot of these are these secular songs like john p key did it ty tribute did it Kirk Franklin did it. Fred Hammond, I'm pretty sure. I don't know if he did it, but y'all get my point. Like, what about these gospel artists um, covering these secular songs? I just want to say one thing real quick, because the only thing that I can think of, especially uh, dealing with Kanye West, because I had a reaction to it that I didn't like. And my thought process for me specifically was, if I listen to the song and all I can think about is the secular song, that's the problem for me. So like, I, you're right. Like there are a lot of artists who sample that sample secular music, but I wasn't automatically thinking about that secular song. I was still thinking about the words that they wrote. I was still thinking about like the music that they're trying to, to get us to, to worship God. But with the Kanye West album specifically, I remember listening to some of his songs and I'm like, all I'm thinking about is the song that such and such wrote, the song that such and such wrote, and it's not, I'm not thinking about the words. I'm not thinking about what he's trying to say. I'm not thinking about worshiping God. I'm thinking about the song that he sampled. And for me, that took away from anything that he did, whether he wanted to stick the name gospel on it or not. Yeah. And we got to remember, but do y'all know where all that really started from? It started from one guy that took gospel songs. God, he took the gospel music and made secular music with it. Ray Charles. Ray Charles, really, I do believe how he, uh, he we watched the movie. Why even a lot of most of the churches was fighting against Ray Charles, even in the movie with Jamie Foxx, is that he was taking gospels, not the, he was taking the beats and the and the melodies and bringing it into the secular worlds. And, just, you know, we know some of the songs that he, and, and I just see how the enemy just kind of reversed that. Now, just, I don't, me personally, I can't say, if I know all those people who did it or, or, or do it, and but I understand what Sister Janelle said, but I just know, according to scripture, I don't think God, you know, even though that song it may be good, it may be did up that one song. I don't, if they did whole albums, this just my personal opinion. I, I'm, and and like I said, it's not a heaven. I don't. I'm not putting nobody in the heaven or hell because of it. But I'm saying for me, I don't feel because it's pleasing to God because you brought something that that was never for me it's kind of like the, the the cain and abel sacrifice the reason why we know god wasn't pleased with 
you know, Cain's sacrifice for one, he told him what to bring and what the sacrifice that he's want, which was a blood offering, but he brought him something, the fruit of the ground, which he already cursed the ground. So it's like, you bringing me something that's cursed and you like, I'm supposed to be okay with that. He was like, no, he said, but if you do well, I'll be pleased with thee. He was telling me, if you do well, meaning that if you give what I've already told you what to give, I'll be pleased with that. But know what he did? He let anger rise up in him to the point where he killed his brother. It's kind of the same thing that we'll bring something that the enemy brought into the world and we'll put God on it. And it's like, okay, God, we're doing this unto you. And it's just, and this just me. Like I said, I'm going to make sure I clear it up. I think for me, I, I just, I, I, uh, I don't think that's a good idea to do that. And if they have done it, I mean, hey, I don't know. I mean, if, if and, and like I said, God don't hold anybody responsible for the things they don't know. But, I mean, it doesn't take it away from, you know, the meaning and the good intentions behind the songs. I do understand that. But I just believe that certain things, God, when you bring something to him or you give something to him, it got to be like the children of Israel. When they brought the lamb, the sacrifice, it had to be done a certain way. It had to be set apart, set aside to be separate. And then they give it unto God. And God, if God was pleased with it, the fire come down and he'll and he'll consume the sacrifice. And I do believe what we do and give to God, it matters because it mattered before time existed with Cain and Abel. So I do believe that what we bring to God, we can't just bring him anything, just like we can't come to him any type of way. We can't just bring him anything. It says, OK, and it may be good to us. It may be great. And I'll. But, you know, I just believe that something that's made from and of the world and we give it to God. I don't think, you know, even with scriptures can back it up. He's like, OK, I'm, I, I like that and I, I'll accept that. That's just my opinion. So, right. There has to be a clear distinction, you know, and set apart just like we set apart our lives to be used of God. And considering the um gospel rap brandy i mean i hate to not contribute so much but it's just not rap music just didn't my personal preference y'all know i'm an old soul Very. so <laughs> i just don't you know <laughs> to be so young you have such an old soul really though miss <laughs> sarah what do you think you've been quiet ma'am um my opinion on the mixing, um, I feel like it kind of goes back to, I kind of like go back to what Janelle was talking about. Like, I feel like if I'm not focused on the right thing, then it's not for me. Like, whatever somebody else might feel about it, that's their opinion. But yeah, that's all I really have to say. <laughs> okay. I get it. I get it. Anything else? Any more questions? So who are you guys listening to? Share some artists. I'm yes. going to go first. <laughs> I don't have a favorite artist or a favorite group. Like, I barely listen to music for real, for real. I not I listen to music. <laughs> no, like honestly, I listen to like Lofi beats. Y'all know yeah. what Lofi beats are? Like I don't even listen to music with words, so I don't have a favorite artist. Yeah. 
got a favorite Lucy <laughs> artist? No, I just be listening to the little radio station. True. I do that when I study. Well, me? well me personally, I guess I, I listen to I, I'm like I'm like uh brother Tay. I listen to a lot of those pick 'em up. I mean, I you know, I still listen to, you know, I like Maverick music. I like I listen to all those things, but my uh but me Man, like I be in my car, I do a lot of pick them up, put them down songs, man. You know, like Jesus can work it out, leave it to God. I mean, people be looking at me like, what is wrong with that man in that car? Because I be praising, I go to Walmart praising. I just, I listen to a lot of those praise and worship songs, and you know, just, but I like you said, I can't, some of these people, I couldn't even tell you the name of the artist, to be honest. I love, I, I love Jonathan McReynolds. I listen to a, a lot of his stuff too, but. Some of these songs I couldn't I couldn't tell you the name of it. It just you know I listen to all you know K Love type stuff. It just I don't really know these artists. I just know if it's if it's if it, if it's good and 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 and, and it's uh, really worshiping. So I love and oh, oh I can definitely say this William McDowell. I do listen to him. He did he he got a good a lot of good uh, worship songs when I'm when I'm praying I'm reading and I'm studying. Or I'm just you know he got like um some stuff I just listen to. Um, try to think who else, but I listen to a lot of them. You know, Jesus can work it out type styles, like you know, pick them up, put it down, and God is great. You know, so just a lot of different stuff for me. I'm gonna start using that as a brand new genre: pick them up and put it down. And since oh. I'm in here recently, I've always Wait, enjoyed. Like, I guess I, to go next, I always enjoy um, and tr like really have tried to master this whole multi-generational worship ordeal. And I mean, y'all know this, you've talked to me before, but I, and I really take that seriously. So like some of my, I, I made a little list here, but it's kind of turned into a paragraph. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, starting way back to like the Caravans, the Roberta Martin singers, the Soul Stirs. Okay. Clans and Fellowship, the Dixie Hummingbirds, okay. the Davis Sisters, St. James, okay. Richard Smallwood, Kathy Taylor, James Cleveland, Chicago and Mississippi Mass Choir, Lee Williams. Oh, come the on, oh, oh, right. oh, wait. Oh, come on, sir. Elder oh, James, James Lennox. Now, I want y'all to listen to this album, Elder James Lennox. I'm one of them today. That's the name of the album. And on there, he has I Won't Complain. Oh, he was, he came out that's of the all. Church of God in Christ. His family were some of the pioneers of gospel music. You've got to listen to that album, especially I'm one of them today. It's a really good apostolic song, old fashioned. There's just, it's a different sound. And now bringing it to now, you know, you got Fred Hammond, which we done talked about him, Donnie McClurkin, Benita Jones, John McReynolds, Charity Gale, Maverick City, yeah. Mark Crowder, CC Wine, and Todd Delaney, Tasha Cobbs Leonard. You know, we can't forget about Tasha. And there's so many apostolic artists, you know, like Indiana Bible College and Urshan Bible College. There's him. so much good music out there, you know, that you, I just, I really don't have a favorite. And concerning least favorites, I'm really not sure if I have a, I have a least favorite. Now, there is one gospel artist in particular that I do, that I'm not a big fan of. I won't say the person's name, but let's just say that they had a really arrogant attitude when they were one of the judges on Sunday Best. But everybody hey. else, I, I like all right now. <laughs> and Tell you, you can, about to start a whole, you can decide who that is for yourself. 
Look, what are you saying, saying Brother John? Yeah, you about to start something with those people you naming, bro. You, you, you boy, don't start that now. Yes. <laughs> so, I'm over here hey, trying to get all. paid by name dropping Jonathan Reynolds, and you trying to get a spine. Well, I didn't. I didn't say. I didn't say who it was. I didn't say that it was said person. You know, I didn't say any names. You right? But everybody know who you talking about. Yeah, they do. But you know, the spirit will set you free. I'd rather right. tell the truth and not be liked by the world. Amen. Just say a prayer for me. <laughs> hey, y'all. Well, for me, Tay kind of named a lot of the artists that I listen to all type of gospel music. Um, but my absolute favorite, I'm an old soul. I love quartet music. Quartet is in my blood. Uh Kenton Spirituals are my favorite. Lee Williams, um, the, the Jackson Southerners, the Mighty Clouds of Joy. And all the likes of them, I love them. Tim Rogers and the Fellas, the Williams Singers, Lisa Knowles and the Brown Singers, the Alabama Girls. If y'all don't know them, please go listen. I love Quartet. I'm a, I'm a Quartet girl myself. So, yeah. Next. Yeah, I don't know none of those people. Um, but <laughs> we definitely, um, I'll speak for myself, but we did grow up on the mass choir. So Brooklyn Time National Choir, that was like our thing. We sang all their songs in choir. Um, like I said, we grew up in the Caribbean influence. So artists like Calypso Rose, y'all not gonna know her, but she was a really good like Calypso gospel artist. Um Fred Grace Hammond, Thrillers. Yeah, Grace oh, Thrillers, Fred Hammond, Donnie McClurkin, you know, Jonathan Reynolds. I love him. Um, who else? Joanne Rosario, she is a Hispanic artist, she's really good. Um yeah, the Winans family. The Winans family. There's this one artist that I've recently found. I think he goes by Called Out Music. I think that's his name. He is, I want to call him like, like Afro gospel. Like, yeah, it's like Afro beats type gospel. Yeah, but he's like, he's really good. I like him a lot too. So those are some of my artists that I listen to. And I guess I'll I'll piggyback off of Joe. Like she said, the. The Donnie McClurk and Fred Hammond, the Mass Choirs, Mississippi Mass Choir, Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, um, the Winans, the the Hezekiah Walker, all the all the fellas in commission. Um, just basically, if if you came out with gospel over the last like twenty or so years, I probably listen to and I probably enjoy you because that's what I grew up on. You know, and you can't forget the OG Mahalia Jackson. Oh, of course. Right, Mahalia Jackson was a was a staple. And Mama Shirley Caesar. Yes. Can't forget about That's Mother. Good. Oh yeah, don't forget about C. Oh, come on now, man. <laughs> don't forget about Shirley. No charge. Can't no charge. Hold my mule. Anyway, y'all. Um. It's, I think it's time for us to wrap up. We had a great discussion. But before we go, my favorite segment of the episode, it is time for... All right, Joe, you got the flow. Okay, so we are going to be bringing back our Battle of the Sexes game. Okay. Yay! <laughs> if you guys watched our episode on modesty, you remember that's the first time we introduced this game. So it's going to be boys versus girls. It's going to be Tay and Pastor Francois versus Sarah and Brandy. Now, Sarah, I am very competitive. So, sis, I'm gonna need you on your A game. I don't know what it got for us, but 
So okay. the funny thing about this though was when y'all were talking, I was like, oh, this game gonna be funny, specifically because y'all were talking about y'all don't know artists and names of the songs. But uh -oh. this is what we're gonna do. I'm gonna make it well, it's kind of easy. So we're gonna do a word association. We change it up. So word association, I'm gonna give you a word and you are going to sing the words of a song associated <laughs> with that word. So you get a point for singing the song or talking the song if you don't wanna sing. You get a point for naming the song, the title of the song, and then you get a point for naming the artist of the song. Now, for example, if the girls went first and they said a song and they were unable to name the artist or the name of the song, then the other team can get those points. All right. Um, can you repeat, please? Okay. <laughs> so we are playing word association. Um, so mm -hmm. I'm going, we have a list of um, 11 words. So I'm going to say a word. The word might be book. This is not one of them. I'm just saying that the word might be book. So you mm -hmm. would, um, you know, you, you can use the raised hand emoji situation and John's going to monitor and keep score. So just click the raised hand thing. John will call on whoever raised their hand first. Um, and you would just sing a song associated with that word, preferably a gospel song, if you got that. Um, and then you get a point for singing the song. You can also get a point for naming the title of the song and get a point for naming the artist of the song. Now, if you can't get the artist or the name of the song, then the other team has an opportunity to guess the artist and the title of the song that you sung. Okay? Oh, okay. <laughs> if you watch a Terrell show, y'all should know this is easy. Yeah, we play versions of this already, so y'all should y'all should be ready. Make sure y'all think, get y'all uh, song minds together. I know Tay know a lot of hymns. I was joking about that earlier because don't nobody know the artist of these hymns. I was thinking about hey. that too. So it's going to be a little hard <laughs> if you bring in the hymns. <laughs> All right. Okay. So are you guys ready? Sure. Okay. The first word is believe. Okay. Brandy was quick with that. I believe. Some should be over. James Fortune. I believe. True. All right, three points for the girls. Yes, he me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't raise my hand. It's Wait, so is there wins. just is there just one? Is there just one? There's just one answer for these words, or? I mean, you can name any song that you want to, but like basically, once the girls get the the word, then it's their point, and then we. Oh, I got you. Next word. I got you. Well, we let them have that one, but we're gonna be on the next. <laughs> Y'all gotta be quicker than this. Go. Okay, word number two is new. Shucks. All right, Tay. Hey, let's go. Or, but it's it's a good song. <laughs> what was the song? New thing, first church worship. Oh, you gotta sing it or mouth the the lyrics. You sorry. You're doing a new thing. I'm not a good singer. Oh. <laughs> the cat. The cat. I've heard you sing, sir. Don't do that. 
doing a new thing. So let it start right here. It's by First Church Worship, which is First Church in Pearland, Texas. They're an apostolic church. It's a good song. Okay, okay. All right. Next word is cross. Did we get our three points? Yes. Okay. John, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Taylor, give me these points. <laughs> okay, sorry. Next word is cross. Francois. I saw that. That was Francois. Well, I got to go with the old school. This right here is at the cross. At the cross where Bang. I first saw the light and my burdens of yeah, that was all the moments. Now who'll sing it? Now who'll sing it? Isaac no. Watts. Alas, that was me. and did my savior bleed and did my sovereign. Come on, Tay. Come on, Tay. Let's go, teamwork. That's teamwork right there. I ain't even know that. <laughs> For such a worm as I at the cross. <laughs> God, that's right, brother. All right, that's three more I points. I collect hymnals, guys. I collect hymnals. <laughs> okay, so Tay will be the only one to actually know the artist of these hymnal songs because I surely don't. We sang them, but I ain't know the artist. Okay, next word is going to be Phil. Ooh, hold up, hold up, hold up. That, that was, was me. I was first. Fill me up, God. It got two of them. Which one you want? You want Go Crazy ahead. Jones or you want Tasha Cobb? It, hey, are we giving out bonus points? Are we getting double? <laughs> no. I tried. <laughs> no, you get one point. All right, next word is going to be weight. Weight as in W-A-I-T, not weight as in W-E-I-G-H-T. Oh, was already John's hands up. Well, I think who did it tell me? Tay was first, but I mean, it's both of y'all, so. Wait on the Lord, James Wilson. Oh, he took my word. That's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay, teamwork. Somebody sing the song. You know, wait, wait on the Lord and he'll renew my strength. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. You know the song. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. Yeah. Okay, sorry, yeah, the vocals. I'm not turning back now. I already made up my mind. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Uh, next word is God. All right. <laughs> really, Joe? <laughs> Wait. Hey, go ahead. God is my everything. Bye. God is my everything. And I cannot remember God who's in I know the audience. God is Mississippi Massacre. No. Georgia. One of no. Give it to me. I know it. God is. We can't give it to you. Brother Jonathan, do you know Y'all got it wrong like three times. <laughs> if y'all don't know God, God is my everything. It is. Who it huh? Who sings it? Who sing it? Oh, Lord. Run it I me. can hear his voice. It. All right, y'all got one more guess, and I'm giving it to Brandon. I have 50 million. 
Well, I don't know. I, I'm going to be real. I don't know. Yeah, we reclaim our time, real. Brandy. All right, go ahead, Brandy. <laughs> Chicago Mass Choir. You are correct. I did. I said it was, it was one choir. of the mass choirs. You did say it was one of you them. You said the right one. He was going to get there. <laughs> All right, so that's two points for the gents, one for the ladies. All right, all right, all right. Brandy, put yourself on mute. I feel like you got an extra advantage. Everybody else on mute. <laughs> Sarah's not on mute. I don't think Sarah can. Okay. Um, next word is going to be love. All right, Brandy. <laughs> a word that comes and goes. Kurt Franklin. All right. All right, all right. That's called? three points for the ladies. Love. Love. Okay, I ain't love. Okay. Um, we got four more words left. Um, okay. Next word is turn. Tay. You turn my morning into dancing. Ooh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I and I said that and can't remember the guy's name, but I can see him on that album. <laughs> Let's go. Run it back to us. We can oh, take your point. Oh, Squad, you got one. that? I'm not in the game. <laughs> what is his name? Uh-uh, it's going to come to me. <laughs> I'm going to give you 10 seconds. Was that... Oh, what was it? Was his name Trent Corey? No. How did it go? Not the one I looked up. You turn my morning into dancing. No. Nope. I know exactly who it is. I can see him. All right. Time's up. Sarah, you want to answer? Or do you want me to answer? Oh, I got it now, Lord. Uh -oh. <laughs> <don't want> <laughs> What'd you say, Sarah? I said, I don't know. Ty Trebit. Ty does this song too? I didn't even know he, he did. That's not who he I look at. morning into dancing. That That's is true. Tribute. They said turn, not turned. So it got turned in it, so the same. He turned it. Anyway. Wait a second now. Wait, time out. Who was the one you were talking about, Tay? I guess his had turned too, didn't it? it Never is. mind. Never mind. Okay. All right. I'm so gonna we gonna scratch that one. Or we gonna get, get the. Point. I'm gonna give the song and the title to the guys. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna just give it. Give it to Brandy. Just give it to Brandy. I don't have so I'm gonna ask it. We could. We could. I think. I think we can. We can. We can split that one. That's that. That'll. That'll mm -hmm. go. Give it to Brandon. No, no, it can, it can really go both ways because obviously no, we both no, talk about Give it to Brandon. Give it to Brandon. Give it to Brandon. <laughs> you sure you want to do that? Because we might be in the lead and y'all lose it. Yeah, what's the score? That actually, if if you give it to Brandy, that puts that puts the ladies in the lead by one point. Go ahead, give it to us. We'll take that well, point. We'll uh -uh. take it. He said, "Give it to us, or we'll take it." Come on. We All right, got three more words left. Okay, the next word is light. Okay, brother Tay. It was on it. Walk in the light. That's the song I was thinking of. Georgia Mass Choir. Ain't it wonderful? How the light shine. 
I'm my song. Hey, you said morning. the Georgia oh, How the light shines. All right, now. Mm -hmm. uh, next word is change. Ooh, that was Brandy. A wonderful change has come over me. Walter Hawkins. All right. You said Wanda Hawkins. Walter. Walter, Walter Hawkins. Joe. Walter. <laughs> I was gonna say, who no, is Hawkins. I'm just saying the internet said Tremaine, <laughs> but okay. Oh well, then she doesn't get it she right because that Walter, Walter is also here. The choir. Walter and Tremaine. I just saw Tremaine first. Okay, right. I was about to say. Thank you. <laughs> All right, this is the last word. John, what's the score before we go into the, the last score word? score is presently 15. Well, now it's 16 for the ladies, 15 for the gents. Oh, come on now. Go. We got to get this last one. Wait. Let's go. So all hands marbles, on the buzzer. Make sure y'all ready. Brandy, put yourself on mute. There we go. The last word is joy. And that was Brandy. Joy. Joy. God's great joy. And it's Georgia Man Square. Nope. That is Georgia Man Square. Yeah. They they do have that. The Kurt Franklin song it. Well, yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. I know that for a fact because I did a praise dance on it a long time ago. Yep, it was it Georgia Mash well, that, well, that's, since, well, since that's cheating. Is that cheating? Right. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm I'm, I'm being funny. <laughs> All right, what's I'm the final score? <laughs> I say we so, I say we do another question. The final score. You said you get another question? What? I say we do because we yielded our time to them. Okay, I okay, 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 okay. And and we gave y'all right, well, right. We were being gentlemen. We were being gentlemen. All right, fine. All right. Okay. This last one. I will make it. I will make another word. All Gotta right. Make it six points. The last word is gonna be walk. Tay, walk with me, Lord. <laughs> Artist song. Oh, everybody done sung that. Um, well, which one you singing? Oh, uh, walk with me, Lord. Walk. Well, yeah, and he wasn't one that sung it. Actually, the person who sung it on that video was Rose Marie Crimson Brown, who was the songbird of Detroit. Mm -hmm. Okay. You got that one. That's Ooh, yeah. That is really old. You really old soul, Jay. Oh, <laughs> <For> real. <laughs> I'm sorry. You an old soul, brother. I Don't like put your hand down, down, Brandy. Put your hand down. Y'all <laughs> cheated. <laughs> Y'all cheated. <laughs> this was funny. They made a you good. You want to do one more question, then, Brandy? Let's go. You want to do more one more question. question then, Brandy? One more. Oh. Okay. Okay. One more. This one's going to be the last one. This one's seven points. <laughs> All right. Okay. 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 But, 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 however, okay. comma, seven points, but you have to get all three parts. If you don't, 
Name the song. Name the artist and sing the song. The points go to the other team immediately. Which means whoever gets it has this to be one. In order? No, just name it. Nah, but as long as long as you say all three things. Oh, gotcha. Gotta get them. Otherwise, the goes to the team. Therefore, whoever gets this wins the game. So go ahead, Joe. Give him a word. The word is gift. Brandy. Dang, I thought that was going to be hard. She ain't got no word. That's why it's taking her so long. <laughs> her time on. Uh-uh, Brandy. Why you? You can't do that. You, you look good on you. And you weigh away. Donna Lawrence, run me my seven points. Thank you. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> why you took so long? Because I forgot I was on mute. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't so it. I don't believe it. <laughs> well, y'all, we can make this game go all night. I cannot. <laughs> I really thought that was a hard one. Okay, are we done? Any more cases yes, for why we should continue? No, we'll, the lady we'll, one. Me and Brother Jonathan will let him win this one because we got a promise that while the the, they first today, the first hey. shall be last. Come on, <laughs> and the last. message and a promise. Amen. Y'all gotta get ready for a rematch. We gotta do a, we gotta do a rematch. Well, Come let's on now, bye, bye, bye. No, we just gonna do we're gonna do video so we can watch. <laughs> when your screen go off, that means you're looking online. Yeah. Next <laughs> right. next time we're gonna play it a little differently. Next time I'm gonna play the songs instrumental and y'all gonna guess the song. Oh, that's good. Okay, that who was the last time in the modesty episode? Was it the guys or the girls? I think it the, was the guys. Jonathan the guys and Sylvester, Brother Sylvester. Okay, so that's one, one, one. One for the ladies, one for the men. So we gotta do another battle of the sexes in another episode. Well, it, it actually would be two zero because we just gave them this one, but okay. <laughs> lies. It's okay, take okay. <laughs> on that note. We gonna call it a night, okay. We just want to say thank you again to our guests. We have Tay, Sarah, and Pastor Francois. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. Thank you for answering the call and being here on our podcast tonight. Um, congratulations to the women for winning their little game. All right. And as always, remember to share this episode with somebody comment like do whatever it is that you have to do we are on all platforms we are on spotify we are on facebook we are on youtube we are on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, all the podcasts you can find us anywhere so tune in to this episode on friday night don't forget to join us no excuse friday the friday the what is that friday the 10th friday the friday 10th. the 10th yes and do not forget our afterburner at 8 45 that's where the real party is um, so as we appreciate everybody and see you next time at the Christian Call Center. Where Jesus is on the main line and we're online too. Good night. Night, y'all. Bye-bye.